Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Hi, I'm Cassie. Hello, I'm Emily. And this is Full Scream Ahead, your spooky road trip bucket list. So we finally fixed the Bluetooth of my computer. Um, would you like to hear how? How? So we got a new Wi-Fi card, right? And the yes. Wi-Fi card is equipped with Bluetooth. And then we tried to put it in the M.2 drive, right? Okay. Um, the key, uh, it's like a little indent on the Wi-Fi card. They're called keys. And they're supposed to match up. And the M.2 drive is attached to the motherboard. I learned all of this last night and I was high. So bear with. So the Wi-Fi card we had had the correct key placement, but we couldn't get it in. So eventually we used a little bit of pressure and we did get it to put in, which according to Google, you do sometimes have to use some pressure. And then we tried to start my computer and it would boot up for like half a second. Like all my LED lights would come on on my tower and then it would just shut off. Oh no. So we couldn't even get started. And we were like, well, that didn't work. So we took the uh, Wi-Fi card out and then tried starting the computer again and it started. So it just really doesn't like that Wi-Fi card. And after all that, we learned my motherboard's actually equipped with Wi-Fi, which we did not know because my dad helped me build the computer and I don't know anything about them. So I didn't even think to ask that question. And Jacob wasn't there, so he didn't know. But I learned yesterday, apparently motherboards don't really come with Bluetooth pre-installed very often, which I think is silly. Because everything is Bluetooth now. Mm. Like, why aren't you just making motherboards with Bluetooth? So we plug in my old Wi-Fi card uh, because we know the Wi-Fi on that one works. And the Wi-Fi is faster with the Wi-Fi card than it is with the motherboard. So we plug in the old Wi-Fi card, accepting the Bluetooth is still not going to be working. And we turn the computer on and the Bluetooth works again. Amazing. So, and like, we did do the thing. The first time we realized it wasn't working, we unplugged, we took the Wi-Fi card out and then put it back in and then tested it again. And it still wasn't work. like it was working, but it would like um, be really staticky the whole time for audio. So we took it out and plugged it back in and that didn't fix it. But apparently this time taking it out and putting it back in fixed it. Um, computers are dumb. Computers really are dumb. I can't tell you how many times a day, like people are like, oh, my printer just started working and my computer is doing the thing now. And I'm just like, it. It should not. I have no idea what I did, but okay, yay, I'm closing <laughs> your ticket. We did it. Yay, go IT. <laughs> um, it's it's just hitting a bunch of buttons and taking your best guess. Yeah. It's it, it's one of those things where it's it's not really magic, but it's a little bit magic. I mean, it's it's a slab of metal with crystals on it. I mean, how much more magical can you get? Computers are magic confirmed. Yes. Well, there actually is like um, quartz crystals on uh, motherboards. Oh, really? Yeah, because when they quartz crystals have pressure on them, they um, let out like an electromagnetic pulse, which is used to keep like everything in time on the keyboard. So it's a little teeny tiny crystal on there. Huh. Yeah. So they really are slabs of metal with with crystals on them. That's yeah. incredible. This is my favorite thing I've learned this week. It, it was my favorite thing I've learned in all of my computer classes. Yeah, that's incredible. It's like, yeah, my crystals do make me feel better. And you know what? They power your computer, Chad. So don't be a dick about it. Right. That's exactly something to Virgo would say, Chad. <laughs> um, I'm very excited that you and Katie have now interacted. Katie's so She's nice. The She's the best. I can't wait for you to meet her. Can't wait for Friday the 13th. 
It's going to be so much fun. Um, I don't know the last time I was at a pumpkin patch or made a jack-o'-lantern. So can we commit to this spooky season doing the the things together um, and then putting the photos on our Instagram? Yes. I feel like I never do enough spooky stuff during spooky season. Like I don't ever. And I love it. And I love seeing everybody else's pictures. And I'm jealous. But for some reason, I just don't do the thing, even though I'm an adult who is perfectly capable of doing the thing. I think like pretty much the only thing I did last year was one afternoon, me and John went out to the orchard. Mm-hmm. So the only like really spooky thing we did last year is we went to the pumpkin pat they were all they didn't have any apples to sell they must have not had a good like apple harvest oh, okay because um, we went like mid-october and this was gilcrease right yeah gilcrease okay. the tradition of all las vegans because it's the only thing we get to do in the fall. i mean there is that really <laughs> sad pumpkin patch at boca park but yeah i feel like gilcrease has just been like our our town's tradition for the fall season ever since i was a child mm-hmm. just go hang out there you know what's funny is i didn't know about gilcrease orchard until we moved up to centennial and didn't you go to school like right next to it yeah and that's how i learned about it like i had no idea it was there until we moved up to centennial but i'd never heard of it before <laughs> oh well yeah it was like packed and um, I found one pumpkin. I named him Disease Dan because he was all nice and warty. And Beautiful. And he's still cool. And um, we went and I was like, okay, I'm going to get a little jug of apple cider because this is the best part of the season is coming to Gilcrease and getting the apple cider. And then some guy comes out, dumps like another case into the bin and he goes, all right, this is it. This is the last cider of the season. I'm like, go, 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 get me another one. I need a second one. Go. <laughs> this is the last one of the season. We have to savor it. Ugh. Than my day job, it's been outages and outages. Oh, really? And outages. Well, I mean, because do you serve like Las Vegas mostly? No, so we're pretty international uh, between all of our companies. Okay, got it. Well, I was Um, gonna say because outages make sense in Vegas the past few days, the past like week and a half. It's been so windy. There was a weird thing with um, our main system that a lot of our branches use as like a point of sale or truck dispatch and all that. So that was a fun afternoon. We're all just like, oh my god, we're so busy. Like, I haven't even looked at the tickets in my queue for like a week. And I'm just like, oh, and my trainees, they're getting on the phones finally. Very proud. I'm like a proud mama there. And uh, and then one of our guys comes in the other day and goes, okay, I accept another position. Peace. Oh. Like halfway through a shift. I mean. Okay, and there goes the cute guy in the office. So what are we going to do now? Oh, no. Yeah, he's actually the one who sold me this microphone for like super cheap. Oh, really? Oh, we, we yeah. see him. He's a good guy. And then I was just like... I felt there was a vibe, but maybe I just projected that. Um, so I was like, maybe it's time for me to get back on the app. So uh, that's what I did. How did that go? Well, I woke up this morning to about 90 messages on OkCupid of people with opinions on my profile. Maybe I wrote it a little too weird. What do you mean opinions on your profile? Just people asking, like, okay, are you really serious? Is this, what, why, why would you post this? Like, it's just things like that. What did you post, Emily? Oh, I mean, I feel like it's just like standard, you know, dating profile stuff. Um. For some reason, OkCupid has programming languages under the list of languages you speak. So um, I added those. Um, Some people didn't think that was funny. Thought that I was like, I don't know, appropriating their culture or something. And let's see here. What does it say? My self-summary. Would you like to hear what I wrote for my self-summary that everyone feels the need to comment on? Yes, please. I am your local neighborhood cryptid. I work in IT, I own a small coffee roaster, and I'm the proud mom of two wonderful cats. I will 100% ask you for your birth time, so do not swipe if you do not know it. I will tell your fortune as a party trick. And no, I will not shut up about my podcast. My current goal, finish my BS so I can get back on my BS. I love that. And my golden rule, mustaches without beards are creepy. 
Yes, 100% yes. And Roswell happened. So yeah, that is me in a nutshell. I think that's an incredible bio. Wow, it's been two days. I'm very overwhelmed. Maybe I should just let people come to me. If you are a cute ginger with a Viking beard, please email us at fullscreenpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, please leave us your dating profile summary. I mean, we will pre-screen you for a virtual chat with Emily. Uh, the better, the worse dad jokes, the better. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you're a ginger with a Viking beard, incredible. You know what's funny? is I feel like the main the man friends I have in my life are not the kinds of people that would do things like that like message women and like yell at them or berate them like that and yet it happens so often so like sometimes I'm like am I overreacting with my like on I hate men bullshit but then like I go on the internet and I see how men behave behind a screen and I'm like and we're just reminded like very suddenly like God, so many people are awful. Yeah. Especially when they think there's going to be no consequences. Yeah, truly. The internet really did just show everybody what fucking people are like with closed doors. <laughs> well, good luck with the dating profiles. Um, I do not miss that. Like, I got a ring, bitch. I'm not engaged, but I got a ring. Nice. I'm so far removed. I actually <laughs> didn't really have any great luck with dating apps when I was on them. I just got really lucky when I met Jacob. I feel like I've just been in a mood lately because I keep seeing, like, I don't know, all this romantic stuff on TV and on, like, all these romantic memes on Facebook. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't think anyone I have ever been with even liked <gasps> me. So um, that's where I'm at right now. Why? You're a delight. Exactly. I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> um, I have no memory of what the hint was from last time. Can you tell me what that was? Um, so I think last time what I said was there was something like a creepy forest where there's been like a lot of things that happened. I think I, you know, there's true crime, there's ghosts, there's monsters. But as I was doing my research... Um, I realize this is not just like a forest. This is like an entire large chunk of New Jersey. Oh, there's just so because it's so big and it's the largest undeveloped piece of land in that entire region. It has a lot of stories, like a lot of creepy shit has happened here. A lot of cryptids, a lot of true crime, a lot of ghosts. So I narrowed it down. And today we're just going to focus on a few of the little magical history things that happen there. I love it. Let's go. Maybe I should tell us what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about yes. the New Jersey Pine Barrens. Barrens, like like barren of, I don't, I don't have a barren example. Like the uh, like the ground is barren, so there's not a lot that grows there. Got it. Okay, I was thinking barren, like B-A-R-O-N, like a title. Mm-hmm. So it's the pine lands, but not much else really grows there. Got it. Okay, so it's just pine trees. Mm-hmm. So let's start with some folklore. So there was a woman and her name was the Mother Leeds. On a dark and stormy light in Leeds Point, New Jersey, in 1735, Mother Leeds was in labor with her 13th child. And that's the scary story. That is the scary story. That's it. <laughs> 13 kids. Uh, so Mother Leeds also thought that that was pretty scary. So according to the legend, as she was giving birth, she screamed out, let this child be a devil. What? So when the child was born, he was a normal child. Until they cut the umbilical cord. As they cut the cord, the child grew before their eyes into the size of a large man. He grew long limbs with hooves and a long square goat's head with long bat wings about three feet long wide each and a long skinny tail. Sounds cool. He swung his tail, hitting several spectators, screamed as loud as he could, and flew up and out of the chimney. Since then, the New Jersey Devil has haunted the Pine Barrens and has been sighted on more than 2,000 occasions. Oh, wow. I'm I'm a little concerned about, 
I'm afraid of childbirth, so let this child be a devil. I feel like that's an odd leap in um, logic. Like, I support that. Like, go off, sis. Uh, feels like a weird thing to wish for, though. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how the New Jersey Devil was born. The New Jersey Devils is also the name of a hockey team. I originally wrote my intro to say that we destroyed them on Monday, but I just sat there in the stadium screaming and throwing a tantrum because we, we kind of let them walk all over us. They have a very boo. strong defense. So good on you, human Jersey Devils. But also boo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I took John with me the whole time. He's like, I can't believe we're losing to New Jersey. Any of our, uh, if any of our listeners are in new jersey uh we sincerely apologize but also i don't there. understand the whole new york new jersey rival thing because i literally know nothing of the east coast for a hot second there while i was doing my research for this i thought that i found like a link to my direct ancestors but then i looked at a map and i realized wow i have no idea where massachusetts is <laughs> like it is not where i thought it was at all that's funny as that fuck. is how much i know of the east coast you know what's funny is like if you gave me like, when i was a travel agent we would constantly um, play this game where it's like uh, name the 50 states and it would give you a blank map and you had to drag the name of the state to the state it was in the map. Yeah. And I was pretty good at it. And I, for almost the entire country, and then I get to the East Coast and I'm like, well, there's too many little ones. I don't know where they go. See, the way I always picture it, it's like New York up in the corner and then everything else kind of trails below it, which is not accurate at all. Well, I mean, Maine is actually technically up in the corner. The only reason I know where things in Connecticut are is because of Gilmore Girls. And yeah, that that's my knowledge of the East Coast. It's not, not the best I've heard. <laughs> but mine's not that much better, so I can't judge. That's okay. Um, learn to say Nevada right, and I will learn more about where your state exists. That's fair. I also support that. I support a lot of stuff today. Let's talk about the Pine Barrens. So the New Jersey Pine Barrens are also known as the Pine Lands or just the Pines by locals. Their forest is considered the largest remaining Atlantic coastal pine ecosystem. It is also the country's first national reserve with more than 1.1 million acres of protected land. So this place is huge. That's a lot of 1.1 million acres. Yes. That's... That's an amount of land that I'm having a hard time fathoming. Like, I don't I don't fully understand how big that is. Can you tell me in hamburgers? Shit, I forgot to do the conversion. I will do the conversion. I will figure it out. Damn, that's a lot of hamburgers. <laughs> oh, man. So it's called the Pine Barrens due to how poor the soil is, making it extremely difficult to grow much of anything besides pine for early European settlers. The forest itself is actually home to many species of plants, including certain kinds of orchids and a surprisingly large number of carnivorous plants. Um, but it didn't do very well with a lot of crops that the original settlers wanted to grow, which is kind of how it got its name because yeah. the ground was too tough for them. Got it. So it's not barren. It's just not able to produce what we need it to. Therefore, we have marked it barren. White people couldn't figure it out. So it must be fake. So it must be bad. Due to its protected nature, the Pine Barrens have been able to remain rural despite its proximity to major cities such as Philadelphia and New York City, which I did not think were close to each other until I was looking at a map for the last several days. And I was like, oh, I really don't know how the East Coast works. I honestly don't know where Philadelphia is in relation to New York. I know now. Before European settlers invaded, the region was home to the Lenape tribe who took care of the forest. Every year they would burn away the underbrush, which would allow new plants to grow and creating a slightly more nutrient-filled soil, which today they call sugar sand. Sugar sand is such a cute name. I know, I love it. 
That's adorable. The area was home to Dutch and Swedish settlements in the 17th century, and it wasn't long before more Europeans started creating settlements around the border of the forest. Due to its unique nature, the Pine Barrens has always attracted folklore and tales. The American Indians who lived there um, actually had a name for it, like Bapusin, which roughly translates to the place of the dragon. Ooh. The Swedish settlers also named it something similar that translated to river of the dragon so what i'm hearing is there's a dragon in these woods right there's a dragon somewhere over the years this has been center of many ghost stories many true crime stories but today we're going to focus on the mystical and areas of the forest that have a little bit more magical history and they're all related to the jersey devil yay except for boo the hockey team Dan the monster, boo the hockey team. Correct. So let's talk actually about the Leeds family, where the original family that the Jersey Devil was unfortunately born to sounds like a case of... So despite the mythical aspects of the origin story of the Jersey Devil, the Leeds family were actually very real people. Uh, Mother Leeds was thought to have been a woman named Deborah, who was married to Japhet Leeds. They had 12 documented children. Ah, so the 13th one is the myth. Mm-hmm. Over time, the origin story has changed shape. And now the story of Mother Leeds is actually thought to um, have kind of evolved a little bit to be based on several stories from around the region. Um, And it came from a lot of the religious influences on the area. She was said to have been a witch. um, And this is why she gave birth to a devil. And there was the significance of the number 13, which is supposed to be a very unlucky number. Not for us. I like the number 13. It's one of my favorites. Not a fan, but I have heard that there are certain cultures like the Italians who consider it a lucky number. So I think it's just really how you vibe with it. So Mother Leeds, however, was actually thought to be a pagan, which we are now seeing from some modern research as to how she went about doing her rituals and her healing. Um, One of her direct descendants actually mentioned in one of the documentaries I watched that it's incredibly odd for a woman in the 1700s to give birth to 12 children and have all of them live and be healthy which was nearly impossible unless there was a very good healer in the family. Oh, wait, all of her children lived then? Yes, in the 1700s. That's impressive. Also, I like that one of her, like, descendants centuries later, like, knows about her and, like, knows, like, what the norms were back then. Like, that's really cool that to, like, know that much of your family history. My family's not that yeah. interesting, I'm sure. I, I'm just now finding out about some of my family history. Because I think before, like, I think I got up to the point where there, I saw, like, generals in the Confederate Army, and I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to learn about my history. Yeah, that's... <laughs> don't like that. But I did find some other interesting things. So they claim that Mother Leeds was a pagan, most likely came from the strong Quaker influence that there was in the region at this time. So there were a lot of Quakers who were coming over from England and settling in New Jersey and Massachusetts. And one of the first um, pastors in the area of Massachusetts, which just a few miles away from where this is happening is actually my direct ancestor. Another tribe, group, church of Quakers, Mm -hmm. clan of Quakers. Yeah, and they were led by my direct ancestor. Ah, you come from Quakers. Yes. Quaker, Quakers. Quakers. (laughs) Yep, if you ever look up Roran John Rogers, like we still have their last name. Like those are our direct ancestors. I one of my I found a cousin in Florida on 23andMe and she's putting together family history on my dad's side. And I'm like, oh, know that i want to know the family history of my dad's side i'm, I'm <laughs> sure there are some confederate generals in there or confederates anything yeah. in there like my mom's side is the hawaiian side and they were colonized like i'd rather learn about her side i just i just think it's funny that um i come from such like famous quakers 
And look who I ended up as. I mean, they would be shaking <laughs> in their boots. They would be so afraid of you. They would quake in their boots. Uh, <laughs> Which honestly is like, that's that's what you want. That's what you want when you have, you know, Quaker leader ancestors. Because you would love them to be ashamed of you. Yep. And what we're about to talk about is they really did not like things like astrology <gasps> or any of that oh, evil stuff. They would hate you. Oh, yeah. English Quaker settlements were now being established in southern New Jersey in the 1690s. Um, this is really before the Jersey Devil was supposedly born, and they came with all of their opinions. Yep. Some historians believe that the legend of the Jersey Devil actually came from a misunderstanding. There was a member of the Leeds family, his name is Daniel Leeds, and he was actually Benjamin Franklin's political rival, okay. and he was the publisher of a very famous almanac. Almanac? almanac? Oh, I haven't heard the word almanac. almanac in a long time. I know. The family, Daniel in particular, were commonly known as monsters or the Leeds devil. So now we're starting to see that, that devil wording come back mm -hmm. up. They soon made Daniel Leeds a social outcast, criticizing him for including things in his almanac, such as astrology, astrological writings, and symbols. They pushed to have one of his writings they didn't destroy completely censored to not include these things. Rude. Daniel's response to this was to publish even more writings yeah. discussing esoteric astrology and even let it be known his fascination with occultism, mysticism, angelology, and natural magic. Fuck yeah. Go Daniel. Daniel, right? Yes, Daniel. Go, go Daniel. Daniel, the astrologer pissing off my ancestors. Love it. Love it. The Quaker community had pretty much this missed the Leeds family at this time and given Daniel the title of the evil Leeds devil. I mean, I want a cool title. Right. We should come up with cool titles. While I was reading this, there was like the fan fiction playing in my head. Like maybe one of these Quakers got with one of these evil Leeds people. And that's the strain that you came from? Yeah. And I'm slightly related to the Jersey devil. I support that. <laughs> that is that is what I'm going to pretend happened. Headcanon accepted. Yes. They had Romeo and Juliet situation going on, but not before they had your, I don't know, great, great grandpa, J Jonah. Yeah. So in 1728, the Leeds family crest was actually altered. It was altered so it would appear maybe a little fancier on the almanacs is what we are thinking. And it included a new addition. There is now a wyvern on the bottom of their family crest, huh. which if you don't know what a wyvern is, it's a small dragon with bat-like wings. And on this family crest, it stood upright on its two clawed feet with its wings outstretched. Hold on. Small note. Wyverns typically also, like, dragons typically have four legs and then wings. But wyverns mm -hmm. typically, their wings are their front arms. Oh. Yeah. It's, like, typically in lore. That's that's one of the major differences between a dragon and a wyvern. Is a wyvern's front legs are where the bat wings are. So they don't have six appendages. They have four. Okay. Thank you for that clarification because I was also wondering. I thought it was just a small dragon. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's actually a different species and they're commonly like misconstrued as dragons, but like historically and like lore wise, they are different creatures. Oh, very cool. But yeah, now we have dragon entry. We have people calling these people devils. Love and it. then we have a supposed pagan with 12 children, which is a perfect cocktail for can up some uh, some spooky stories. I would like an artwork of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One artwork, please. So let's talk about the devil himself now. So the tales of Mother Leeds' 13th child have haunted the regions surrounding the forest since the 18th century, with many people claiming to have seen the devil and even having their livestock stolen by it. Some even claim to have been attacked by the Jersey Devil. 
One of the earliest sightings was done by Stephen Decatur in the 1800s. He was a naval commander and he was very active in the War of 1812 and was very well known in this time. Uh, he was in the area inspecting some cannonballs that he had ordered. According to the story, while he was out on the field testing his new cannonballs, he saw the Jersey Devil flying just a few miles off. And of course, the American way, we shot it with a cannonball. Yeah. The cannonball hit it directly in the wing. And although it appeared injured, the monster still escaped. And then sightings of the devil were pretty low after that until 1909. The most well-known string of sightings of the devil in 1909 were from January 16th to January 23rd. Where over the course of this week, hundreds of people across southern New Jersey claimed to have seen him. There was a mass panic started as local newspapers started to publish hundreds of first-hand accounts of people claiming to have seen the monster. And here's a couple of them. One man claimed to have been leaving a hotel when he heard a hissing behind him. A large creature looked at him and flew across the street. He said it was very scary and described it as moving as fast as an auto. Is that a car? Yes. Okay. It's just early 1900s got it i'm just checking i'm just making sure <laughs> i know he's like i just saw a car for the first time i'm gonna compare <laughs> it to this thing i saw <laughs> a police officer went to investigate why all the dogs in the neighborhood he was in started barking just wildly he felt an uneasy presence and when he turned around he claims he saw the devil on the side of the street and shot at it with his pistol. Yep, sounds like Americans. During this period, it was rumored that the Philadelphia Zoo actually posted a $10,000 reward for anyone who could catch the monster, which prompted a variety of people trying to get that $10,000. Someone actually brought in a kangaroo equipped with artificial claws and bat wings strapped to its back. That's funny. Which, where did you get a kangaroo in New Jersey in the 1900s? Yeah, like in the 19... 19- like, it's very <laughs> impressive. Leave the kangaroo alone, but also, damn, well done. Where, where did it come from? They're not even on this... Con- they're not even native to this continent. Like, I don't know. Had anybody been to Australia yet? I don't know. Oh, I was going to say, were we even a country yet? And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, now I'm about 200 years off. Never mind. <laughs> A man named E.W. Minister reported the following to his local paper, which is the most descriptive um, sighting of the devil we have. It says, I awoke about two o'clock in the morning, found myself unable to sleep, rose, wet my head with cold water as a cure for insomnia. As I got up, I heard an eerie, almost supernatural sound from the direction of the river. I looked out and upon Delaware saw flying diagonally across what appeared to be a large crane, which was emitting a glow like a firefly. Its head resembled that of a ram with curled horns and a thick, long neck thrust forward in flight. It had long, thin wings and short legs, the front legs shorter than the hind. Again, it uttered its mournful and awful call. A combination of a squawk and a whistle beginning very high and piercing and ending very low and hoarse. Hmm. By January 23rd, nearly 1,000 people had reported seeing the devil. And people were so worried about seeing the devil... At this time, dozens of schools and workplaces temporarily closed in the area around the Pine Barrens because everyone was very worried the devil was going to come out and get them. Can we close work for that for me next week? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I saw, de- saw devil. Sorry, I saw the devil. Five, five day isolation. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember when before, I mean, before lockdown, when I was in that really shitty job that wouldn't let me have vacation, I kept saying... Can I just, like, get temporarily exposed just so I can get that two-week quarantine? Right. And then I had, like, a year-long quarantine, and it was not fun. No. I, uh, 
was working from home at the beginning of the pandemic. And then I got furloughed and I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to have so much time to do things. And then it was just like a crazy depressive state the entire time. Yeah. Yep. A lot of therapy, a lot of therapy. Well, see, I haven't found therapy that works. I've been doing a lot of this work on my own and I'm paying, mm-hmm. I'm paying my therapist and they're like, how are you doing? So I start talking about my week and I'm like, I'm not paying every fucking session to talk about my week. Like I need somebody who's going to yank into my soul and bring out my trauma. <laughs> I ended up stopping. Cause it just, I mean, it was like 50 bucks a week and it would literally just beat me on camera, just like crying for an hour. And mm-hmm. that was it. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm paying someone to watch me cry live on camera. Which yeah, I feel like people would pay me for that if I posted that on a website. Probably that's your OnlyFans. Yeah, my OnlyFans is just videos of me crying all the time. Yeah, it's somebody's kink. Probably. So after the string of sightings in the ni- in 1909. Um, again, sightings kind of died down. There were the occasional ones until we got to about 1980. There was a chief forest ranger named Alan, Mc- Alan McFarlane, and he was called out to a South Jersey farm near the Wharton State Forest, which is located inside the Pine Barrens. All of the pigs on the farm had been attacked and killed in the middle of the <gasps> night in what looked like the work of a large beast. And I'm not going to get into the description because it gets very graphic and very specific. Okay. Uh, but basically what it looked like was something was standing on their backs while it attacked them. And it didn't really eat like the meaty part of the animals, which was so confusing. Interesting. McFarland described the scene as something he had never seen from any local animals in the area and described it as horrifying. They never did find another explanation for the attacks, and the Jersey Devil was blamed for this. I get it. Like, it's not, like, yeah. you have no idea what could have caused it. Like, in 1990, another descendant of Mother Leeds named Harry Leeds came forward about his experience seeing the devil. He described it as, I see this heavy, I see this heavy creature looking at me. It was hard to identify at nighttime, but it was the most distinguishing factor of this encounter was its piercing red eyes. It should also be noted that the Leeds family is very large every documentary i watched on this had at least one descendant of the Leeds family as their expert witness mm-hmm. which is fairly understandable considering in the 1700s mother Leeds had 12 surviving children and now there's a lot of people who can say they're related to the devil with even the entire town being named after them called Leeds point i would love to be able to say I'm related to the devil. I know. I mean, I can't blame them for trying to bank on that because I would 100% be like the Jersey Devil's gay cousin or something. If I had cool that family history like that, title. yeah, I would absolutely capitalize on it and try to sell a book about <laughs> it because that's incredible. Exactly. So where is the devil now and why have sightings of the creature decreased over the years? One potential explanation for this is that he is sealed inside what is called the Holy, Holy, Holy Well. It's a lot of holy. Are there holes in it? Well, actually, no, not really. (laughs) The well is also known as the Witch's Well or the Judgment Altar. And it's actually a real place you can visit. So this isn't folklore. This is actually something that you can go visit and see. The well is located on a mountain near the town of Mount Holly, New Jersey, which is estimated to, and it's estimated to have been built sometime in the 1700s for the sole purpose of sealing witches inside. Rude! So it's not like a well well for drinking water. It's uh, it's meant to be like an underground prison. Rude. It looks like a white concrete table. It is about four feet by eight feet and has the words holy, holy, holy inscribed across the top of it. It is actually located in the same area 
and very, very close to where the gallows were during the witch trials of the 1700s. Jeez. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so they just throw them down there. It's a prison, except for there's just like 10 dead bodies at the bottom. Possibly. Cool, 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 cool. Fucking rude. Visitors say that if you press your ear to the altar, you can hear the chains of the Jersey Devil down there moving below. Because according to folklore, there was a witch who had lured the Jersey Devil to this well. And together, the two of them fell inside and she managed to chain him up and capture him. So witches are good now. Yeah, sometimes. And some folklore. (laughs) Well, that's the... I'm going to go with that's the correct folklore. Yes. Um, There is another one of the explanation of the noises you hear when you press your ear up to it. Supposedly before the gallows were put up, there was a witch, um, supposedly the witch who started getting the whole town into witchcraft, she was thrown down this well. She wasn't killed instantly as I thought she would have been, so she screamed and banged in the inside of the wall. By the end, her hands were so bloody and begging to be helped. After she died, the townspeople would still hear her cry for help and the sounds of her bloody knuckles rapping against the walls. They later built a shed across the top of the well to end the haunting, but it's still said that if you go there at night and knock on the walls of the shed, you can hear knock back for help. And this has actually been pretty common among school children. It's very scary and you have to be, it's like a, almost like a proof of being like brave that you would go knock on the wall of this well to see if you hear anything back. It makes me mad that there's a folklore that this woman who was accused of being a witch was like screaming and pleading for her life. To the point where her she bloodied her knuckles banging on the sides of the walls and nobody helped her. Right. Like, if she was a witch, don't you think she could have used her magic to get herself out of yeah, there? Yeah, like, that is a human being that you just threw down a well and now they're terrified and they want to live. Mm-hmm. Fucking assholes. Really. If you press your ear up against it, there are some weird sounds. Some people say it's the witch. Some people say it's the devil. But no one's going to open it up to check. I would. <laughs> so, uh, I would not. I'm dumb as fuck, dude. Like... I love all of this like folklore stuff in theory. I don't actually believe it. So I would be that person who's like, let's yes. go. Let's find out what's down there. And then let's see what actually one happens. day I'll just die. Is it 10 bodies? Is it one? Is yeah. it a devil? And oops, we just released a devil on the forest again. And eventually I may just die doing that. But until yeah. then, I'm going to find some cool shit. The last place I want to talk about in this episode, um, another spooky place that is very related to the Jersey Devil, is somewhere that's popular with both swimmers and Mass Effect fans. <gasps> it is called the Blue Hole. I, I'm disappointed, but also impressed. Well done. Also, ugh. <laughs> Which is the best reaction you can get from a joke, truly. In the Pine Barrens, on the border of Camden and Gloucester counties, this pond called the Blue Hole is claimed to not only be bottomless, but actually the home of where the Jersey Devil lives today. The Devil's Blue Hole is approximately 130 feet across and very, very round. The water there stays very cold, but does not freeze, is very blue, and is actually filled with sugar sand. (gasps) Sugar sand. They say if you swim in it, the Devil will pull you down underneath the water. But... The actual truth of the pond is actually something that's probably much more boring. It's it's the remnant of an old quarry that was in the area and is one of a number of quote-unquote blue holes that are located around New Jersey. It's actually not bottomless. In fact, people have gone with sonar readings and discovered that at steepest point, it's only about nine feet deep with an average of being about seven feet deep. That's not bad. Yeah. Although the seemingly still waters and the cold water makes it look inviting... Officials in New Jersey officially warn against trying to swim in it, and not because of the monster. Because they're old quarries that have filled with water over time, they do not resemble a natural landscape and will often have sudden drops just a few yards out. 
And this makes it very difficult to get out, especially if you feel like you're not strong enough to keep swimming. There's very, very hard to get out. Well, like, even if you're just, like, treading water at the top. It's just because it's really hard to get back up on that ledge because of how steep the drop is. Oh, there's not, like, a lot of places for you to... It's just all upper arm strength at that point? Pretty much. Which I do not have. And in certain deep spots, the water temperature can go down as much as 50 degrees or colder from the outside air, which which experts claim that when you drop the body temperature that quickly to that low of a temperature, the body will sometimes cramp up, your muscles will seize up, and it's very hard to keep moving. So if you feel like you're charting, you you can't move, and you try to get out over the steep ledge. Your body might actually not have the strength to do it. Yep, very bad combination. Yeah, no kidding. There's also the occasional whirlpool to worry worry about, as because it's not something that's made from nature, it's something that's man-made. Um, there's air pockets underneath it, and when they shift or when the elements shift underneath, this can cause air bubbles, which can sometimes cause the water to swirl, which combined with the other two things can make it a very dangerous place. And in these blue holes, they actually, not just this particular one, but all of them, they do end up causing dozens of death a year, mostly younger um, younger people. Um, college, high school age. It's it's very sad. Please do not go swimming in old quarries. Yeah, honestly, like, truly very do nice. not swim in quarries. It's a terrible idea. And also because they're not natural water sources, there is no movement to the water in there. They don't have a proper ecosystem. So there's all sorts of bacteria growing in them, most likely leftover mineral residue from the quarries. Yes. You do not have like fish and other sorts of uh, animals in there that are able to cleanse the water as they go. There's probably not plants living down there, which purify the water. Like it's just a bad idea. Yep, I have yep. strong opinions about swimming in quarries after my, after like the catacombs one and the, the cave one I just did, like. I feel like I've learned a lot about quarries. Do not do it. It is not a good idea. So the devil's blue hole, even though we can explain some of the reasons why it's scary. If you look up the folklore, you'll see a lot of things saying like, oh, it's totally unexplained why there's whirlpools or why it's so cold or why nothing grows there. We actually have a scientific explanation as to why, because it's a quarry. Um, but even though we can explain some of these things, we can't really explain everything. For starters, the water never freezes, which I'm not sure is a common thing in New Jersey, but it was included in the myth and it was mentioned in pretty much every article that I brought up. So I'm assuming it's weird. Yeah. That the water will reach freezing temperatures, but never actually freeze. That is weird. Maybe there's too much sediment. Possibly, because it is filled with that sugar sand that's kind of artificially made. Yeah, that is weird. Which brings us to my second point is that nothing will ever grow inside the water. It is surrounded by plants. There are plants growing near the pond, but there's nothing plants that will grow in the pond. And some visitors have gone and said that the bottom, it's natural. Some places have natural dirt. It's natural mud, but no plants will um, grow there. No fish species have ever survived in there. And according to some sources, no insects survive there either. It's just- Well, that's pretty bad. Very barren of life. Yeah, it's very, very barren of life in that- If a, cockro if a cockroach can't survive there, neither can you. Exactly. <laughs> so if this is starting to sound like the perfect summer getaway, uh, be warned, if you survive the freezing cold water, the steep drops, the whirlpools, the devil, you could end up being slapped with a fine of up to $1,500 by the Division of Fish and Wildlife because they really do not want you to swim or touch this water. 
That's a lot of money. Really? The Division of Fish and Wildlife have also prohibited doing the following at the Devil's Blue Hole, and this includes camping, swimming, picnicking, dumping, cutting, or damaging vegetation, removing fire or timberwood, alcoholic beverages, and fires. So go look at it and go somewhere else. Yeah, so you, you get... You, did it say picnic? Yeah, you cannot picnic. So you can't, like, bring bread and eat bread. Yeah, what defines a picnic division of yeah. fish and wildlife? Like, what if I wanted to go just, like, sit near the hole? And like eat a granola bar. Does that count as a picnic? Why can't I go have a picnic with the Jersey Devil? Maybe this is why he's so angry at all of you. First, you abandon him as a child. You call him a devil. And now we can't go have picnics with him. Yeah. Like maybe he's just lonely. This is why he eats your livestock because you don't treat him as a member of society. Yeah. He lives here too, guys. So while directions to the pond are easily found online, I could not find any directions or even a specific location to the witch's well. Several people mentioned hearing about it or getting directions from around that town. And I know it's a real place because we have a lot of photos of it. A lot of people do go visit every year. Um, I've even heard some people going up there on field trips, but I can't find an address. So I can't find a directions to go there. That's impressive. Um, but I was also pretty stoned while I was doing these notes. So maybe I'm just I mean, dumb. that makes sense. But I'm going to go ahead and say this is one of those cases that you need to go find some cool locals willing to give yeah, up a secret. Of because that's the only is. way that you can find like, it. Like go to um, a diner, get some pie. And just casually ask about it. Where's the holy, holy, holy well? I'm sure I'm sure with enough Google food, we could probably figure it out. Probably. I'm sure it's on Reddit somewhere. Yeah. There's got to be like some travel blog somewhere that's got it. But yeah, and that is a fraction of the stories that are located within the Pine Barrens. Like honestly, you could do an entire podcast just based on this forest. But those are kind of the big sites relating to the Jersey Devil who I want to be BFFs with and have a summer party with. I mean, kind of same. I stand the Jersey Devil. Yes. I don't know if that's a bad take, but here we are. Um, This is millennial culture i guess um but yeah that is my story <laughs> well thank you for taking us on this journey emily it has been truly a delight i don't think i've ever wanted to go to new jersey before now we're gonna go um not go to atlantic city or anything fun that people like go to um but we're gonna go do monster hunting in the woods i think anybody actually likes atlantic city i don't think so either as far as i've seen on like sitcoms but also yeah like based on like sitcoms and memes and stuff yeah Um, but also we grew up in las vegas so i feel like we have really high standards for touristy towns that's true i'm not interested in your b service Mm -hmm. i've seen good casinos i know how they look yes i have to walk through two of them to get to hockey games that's my experience you talk to two casinos to get to hockey because event parking is like almost 40 dollars, and it's so busy it takes like almost 20 minutes to get out but if you park at mgm it's only like 15 or 20 depending on the game you just have to walk through mgm and then cross the street and walk through new york new york to get to the stadium but a good well i mean i guess it wasn't that great of a game if we it lost. was fun um because it was fan appreciation week we all got a bobblehead of alex bertrangelo um who's on our team but it is also the creepiest looking bobblehead um i feel like before i take it out of the box i need to sage it and uh, i'm gonna keep it forever <laughs> It's just going to be there on my shelf forever, haunting me. That's so funny. Good for them. Go Golden Knights. They actually do care about their fans. They do. Which is, like, impressive. Because, like, I never understood, like, people talking about, like, sports teams and how they treat their fans and stuff like that. But, like, once we got the Golden Knights, I finally understood it. They do a lot for the city. So what are we doing next week, Emily? What's our hint? Next week. So we're actually going to go somewhere that I briefly mentioned in the previous episode um, because I thought I knew the fun fact about it, um, but I was actually talking to my dad the other day who told me uh, a different story about this location. 
Um, so we're actually going to go to a canyon slash cave slash mine that are all in the very general region of southern Nevada. Mm-hmm. Some some very some very morbid things happened, mm-hmm. um, including uh, someone who became more famous after their death for a very disturbing reason oh no so that is our hint for next week all right that's you know, it, like he told me about this and i was like this has to be fake and then i googled it and i was like oh no there there's a picture of it Wait. Oh, okay. oh oh okay i'm very excited to, to learn about this <laughs> so i 100 percent thought it was fake when you told me for your for it to hit your bs radar i'm interested to see what it is it's gonna be fun well, I look forward to it. Um, thank you so much for joining me this week and for the listeners for joining us this week. Um, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts at Full Scream Ahead. You can also follow us on the Instagram at Full Scream Ahead. We also have a Facebook page now. Um, our official URL is Full Scream Ahead Podcast, but you can also just find us in the search bar by searching Full Scream Ahead. And you can also email us any, you know, stories, questions, comments, concerns, um, your headshots for um, for Emily's dating profiles. Exactly, exactly. Send in, send in your, uh, um, the links to your OkCupids and your Bumbles and your this and that. Yes, please. You can do that at <laughs> fullscreamaheadpodcast at gmail.com. And you know what? If, if we do end up with submissions, I feel like... Um, we should let you know we do reserve the right to have a wine night where we go over and review the submissions we've received for like a bonus episode of the podcast yes please yeah so. um especially um what i'm looking for right now someone tall dark handsome um wingspan of about three feet wide um hooves and glowing red eyes yeah oh don't forget the ram horns definitely the ram horns yes <laughs> those are important yeah if you meet all those qualifications don't even bother emailing like you just you know just show Hit up one day up. Yeah. Scream into the void. I'm listening. Yeah, I'm truly. There. We are we are all the void. So scream into that and we'll find you. All right. Thanks, Emily. I'll talk to you. <laughs>